Okay, can you all hear me? Yeah, right. Um, I'll speak really quickly. <laughs> okay, today we are carrying on in our series of 1 Peter. And we're looking at 1 Peter, um, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. And the title that Graham has given me for this morning's sermon is Inner Beauty. So I'll start by reading the scripture. So 1 Peter, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives, when they see the purity and the reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of, of jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. When I spoke about four weeks ago on Peter, I gave the background to um, what Peter was writing into. So I'm not going to go over that again, but I am just going to give the the context of, of, of the beginning of this chapter, because of course when Peter wrote it, it wasn't split up into chapters and verses. And just to go back a little bit, in chapter two, Peter talks of the relationship of the church to human authority, and that the church, he, he speaks of the emperor, um, and that we should be submissive and we should recognize our governments. He then takes it down to a personal level, and he talks of slaves with their masters, and that they should be submissive to their masters. And if you think of when Paul wrote to his friend Philemon um, about the slave Onesimus, and, 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 and he, he implores Onesimus to submit. And so Peter was touched on a personal level, and then he carries it on, and in this chapter, in chapter three, he's taking it into the household. He's taking the same message into the relationship of wives and husbands within a household. When I first read the, this, this section, it, it split into three um, nice equal parts, I felt. Um, it talks about marriage, about wives submitting to their husbands. It then goes on to talk about true beauty, being character and, in, and, and internal. And then it gives us some examples of life's templates with Sarah and Abraham. So you've all heard of a health spa where you go for outer beauty treatment. I thought that I would look at this through the eyes of a spiritual spa for inner beauty treatment. And so I'm going to hang it on the three letters, S, P, A. So I'm going to start off with S, submission. In verses one to three, I'm just going to read that again. Wives, in the same way, submit to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and the reverence of your lives. 
Paul is talking about the principle of headship here. He's saying it brings harmony to the home. It's reflective of the headship of Christ to the church, of Jesus to the body. And it's not just Peter, sorry, but it's not just Peter who, who talks about this. Paul has also um, talked about this and, 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 and preached on it in Ephesians in chapter 5. Paul talks about this um, principle of headship and he says, Wives, submit to your husbands as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the saviour. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. When I think back to the wedding vows I took with Mark, I took the traditional vows that were written in about the 1600s, and I said I would obey him. And that wasn't belittling to me. It wasn't, it wasn't degrading to me. It, there was a balance there. I said I would obey him, and he said that he would cherish me. There was a balance. It was complementary. Because the truth is, when you voluntarily submit, it's a strength, not a weakness. I know that a lot of women, I think quite sadly now, won't say those vows, and there's a more modern adaptation where they've changed the words and they won't say obey. But Jesus taught us the strength in submission. If you think about when he washed the disciples' feet, on, 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 which we now celebrate on Maundy Thursday, he voluntarily was serving them. He teaches us to obey. He teaches us to have a servant heart. If you think of the Gethsemane prayer, you know, take this cup from me, but only, you know, but only your will be done. He was submissive to the Father. There is strength in voluntarily submitting. What a blessing it would be if everybody woke up in their homes tomorrow and said, today I will live for the other person. I will do what they want, I will go where they want, I will give this day to them. Wouldn't that submissive thought, if everybody applied it, wouldn't it be nation transforming if we all had that, that mentality? When Peter wrote this, um, it was um, for a wife to have a different religion, it was countercultural. Um, I wrote a, a, a quote down which did make me giggle a little bit. Um, a Greek historian, Plutarch, he said, he said this um, actually at a wedding ceremony. It was advice to the bride and groom. He said, a wife should not acquire her own friends, but should make her husband's friends her own. The gods, small g, are the first and the most significant friends. And for this reason, it is proper for a wife to recognize only those gods whom her husband worships. The reality was, Peter knew that women, women were coming to Jesus and they were being saved. And he, he, he knows that it's countercultural. So he's saying, be submissive, but do not compromise your devotion to Jesus. So he's actually telling them, advising them to, to book the trend a bit. And I could apply that to myself now. You know, in the commandments it says, obey, um, sorry, honor thy mother and father. And the Lord commands it and I do it. And I don't, my, my parents aren't Christian. 
and I will do it because God tells me to do it, I will honor them. But when they say or, or do something that is counter-Christian, I'll go with Jesus. Never, ever, ever compromise your faith to Jesus. So S, submission. P, preoccupation with self. In verses three and four, it says, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. If you think of bodybuilders and all of the effort that they put into the gym, or models and their discipline to diet, how strict they are, both are submissive to their cause, but their cause is outward beauty. Peter is saying, focus on the inner beauty. Focus on getting your spirit right with God. The reality is, if you take such as bodybuilders or models, or there could be a whole host of other people like that, they are sowing to the flesh. They're spending time and they're spending energy and probably money on things that are earthly. What you have to do is sow to the spirit. Spend time and energy with Jesus on eternal things, on things that last. Allow God to work on the inside. Allow God to work on the inner beauty. A lot of portraits and sculptures from the first century showed women with um, very elaborate hair braiding and gold jewellery, especially in the upper class um, of, of, the Roman, of, of the Roman society. Peter has not only challenged the women to be countercultural by not um, compromising their faith to Jesus, he now challenges them to book the trend, to contrast this trend of looking elaborate and how applicable is that today. We are hit by the media through the TV. We are bombarded with adverts for all sorts of beauty products, what size, we should, what size clothing we should have. We are absolutely bombarded. And the reality is the secular will encourage you to focus on the outside. But the problem with that is, if our focus is on us, it's not on God. And we have to ask ourselves the question, do we have a personal God or a personal God? It's interesting, he touches on jewelry, which is seemingly insignificant. And then I kind of looked at it and had a little dig around in scripture. Today we wear crosses to symbolize that we're Christians. And I do like the fact that I can go into Sainsbury's and they don't even know my name, but they know that I love Jesus. And as J. John says, we wear a cross round our neck because Jesus wore it on his back. And I, you know, I walk in and I'm proud that people can see that I'm a Christian. And in the Old Testament, it, it, it wasn't dissimilar. The reality was the heathen worshippers wore crescent-shaped earrings to show everybody that they worshipped the moon, that they worshipped the sun. It was interesting because in Genesis 35, God and Jacob are having a conversation and God tells Jacob to purify his household. And it says, they gave Jacob all of their foreign gods they had, the rings in their ears 
And Jacob buried them. He buried them under the oak at Shechem. They were symbolic of sin and they were buried in the ground. We read in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 10, God says, Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. Do you remember Gideon when he, um, he had his, his massive army? I think it started off at 30,000, and they're going to take on the Midianites. And God said, No, you've got too many. Just dwindle them down a bit, dwindle them down a bit. And they got down to 300 men. And God said, Okay, now take them on. And Gideon went out and he won and he absolutely thrashed them. And after the battle, just after the battle, it says in Judges, this is Gideon, he said, I have one request. Each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder. For it was the custom of the Ishmaelites to wear gold earrings. They answered, we will gladly give them to you. And they spread out a garment and each of them threw a ring from the plunder onto it. The weight of the gold rings that he asked for came to 1,700 shekels. A little later on, verse 27. Gideon made the gold into an ephod, which he placed in his town. And the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshipping it. It became a snare to Gideon and his family. The reality was, Satan accomplished with earrings what the Midianite army and their thousands couldn't do with swords. And you might say, well, what's the relevance of that? Well, he's subtle. And if he can get you to focus on the outside and not the inside, then my question is, is it a snare to you today? Peter's not saying don't wear jewellery. I've got um, a silver bracelet here that I've had for nearly seven years, and my friends all saved up and bought it. And they went to Mark and they said to Mark, um, what bit of scripture can we have engraved? Because it was one of those birthdays with a zero on the end. And um, so I understand. Mark went back and said, well, I don't know. She just reads all of it all the time. (laughs) So they've inscribed it inside and it says Genesis 1 through to Revelation 22. (laughs) Um, But the reality is, you know, it's not that we can't measure it, but it's, it's, it's having it in its place. It's, it's having all of it in its place. So, S-P-A. I've called this the Abraham point because it fit. But the reality is, in verses 6 and 7, it says, Like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and you do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. There's a reciprocation. Sarah expressed her submission by calling Abraham Lord. But the reality is, Peter says here, husbands should respect their wives. So it's not that it's belittling to submit. It's, co- it's complementary in the same way that when I said I would obey Mark, he said he would cherish me. It's complementary. It works together. I think it's interesting looking back at Abraham, though. Several kings tried to take Sarah from him, um, 
as their wives. And Abraham kind of told a bit of a half-truth. He said, well, she's my sister, which she was. She was his half-sister. But he omitted to say, she's my sister, but I'm married to her. The reality was this happened with Pharaoh in Genesis 12 and Abimech in Genesis 20. If I'm honest, I think perhaps a little bit of selfishness shone out of Abraham there. The reality was when it came to saving his own skin, he perhaps didn't respect and honour her quite as much as he should have done. The sad thing is as well, his son Isaac repeated this sin, repeated this trick in Genesis 26. I think there's a whole different sermon there on our children learn what we learn from our behaviour and copy it quite often. But here, Peter is pointing to the husband's part. He's saying that the husband should respect, the husband should honour. He says, you know, we're the, we are the, um, how did he put it, the, weak, the weaker sex. And the reality is we are. You know, if we go out digging in the garden, Mark will dig a lot more, a lot quicker. I, I am weaker, he is stronger. And in the context of the time that this was written, um, a lot of husbands would have been tempted to treat their wives um, and threaten their wives and treat them not quite so, so good as they should do. And Peter is saying, look after them, respect them. It almost ends in a little bit of a warning that if they don't treat them right, that, that might hinder their prayers. The bottom line is, is how we treat each other, whether it's employer, employee, slave, master, whether it's husband, wife, how we treat each other, it's a reflection on our inner beauty. So I'm going to tie it up quickly. Spiritual spa, S, submission. Whether it's marriage, whether it was servants, masters, they're all reflective of the principle of headship, of Jesus and his church. And the reality is, when we voluntarily submit, there's a strength in it, not a weakness. P, preoccupation with self. The media will influence you all to sow to the flesh. Focus on your outer beauty, whether that's fashion, jewellery, cosmetic surgery, whatever, you know. It's not even gender specific. There are as many products out there for men now, frighteningly, as there are for women. But the reality is, if our focus is on us, it's not on God. So to the Spirit. Focus on eternal things. Focus on inner beauty, not outer beauty. And A, the Abraham point. It's kind of a two-way deal. Yes, wives submit. But the reality is, husbands respect and honour. Because I said earlier, the bottom line is how we all treat each other, that is a reflection of what's going on inside. That is a reflection of our inner beauty. Thank you.